Hey folks, Corey here. Before we start, I just wanted to take a moment to let you know about a couple things that are different about this episode. This was a conversation between me and one of our cousins in Israel, Michal Rosen. I thought it was important to let Michal's voice be heard, but there were some technical difficulties, including <laughs> my own loss for words at times. So you'll hear all of that in all of our imperfections, but I think we got it to where the sound and my relative fumbling at times aren't too distracting. We also let the conversation play straight through without our usual promos and stuff. So I did want to thank my friend George Meza and the whole team at Meza Wealth Management for continuing to support our work and helping us bring important discussions like this one to you. And of course, I'm grateful to the folks at Chazamir, the International Jewish Teen Choir, for allowing us to use their beautiful rendition of Ose Shalom. So now, without further ado, on to today's program. Welcome to a very special edition of Talking Politics and Religion Without Killing Each Other. I'm your host, Corey Nathan. And the fact is, we're in a time when people are killing each other. I'm speaking, of course, about what's happening in Israel, where thousands of people have already lost their lives and hundreds of thousands of human beings are directly in harm's way. But I'm also speaking of what's happening around the world. There have been violent outbursts right here where I live in Southern California. One Jewish man died after a confrontation that broke out in violence this week, just a couple towns over from me in Thousand Oaks. So today, I'll be speaking with my cousin, Michal Rosen. Michal has lived in Israel with our family there her whole life, and she's currently serving as a communication and film teacher in Israel. And that's uniquely important, as we'll discuss. Uh, this is an aspect of the war that hasn't been discussed nearly as much uh, nearly as much as it should, but a major part of the strategy of the terrorist groups that are conspiring to defeat Israel is an information and media strategy. And tragically, the strategy is working. Propaganda is working to ignite fear and hatred in people that's leading directly to this deathly violence. And that's some of what we'll be discussing today with my cousin Michal. Michal, uh, first and foremost, how are you? Uh, how how is everyone there? Well, we good as can be, you know. It's wartime and everyone is in the army, so we're already in it for over thirty days. We're living for it, trying to live right. normally. And what part of the you're you're in uh, near Tel Aviv? You said. I live in Herzliya. It's north of Tel Aviv. Okay. And uh, I'm sorry for that. This is might sometimes it's rude to ask this, but how old are you? I'm 26. 26. So you're of the age that um, all of your friends and siblings and cousins in that age range, 
everyone's been called up to the reserves, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but you are, uh, I don't know if this is the accurate word, but you said that you're a pacifist. Um, you're uh, in nonviolence. Uh, is that, is that right? Yes, it's right. It's like when my partner came back from the army for two days, he told me, uh, hold my gun for one sec because he's not allowed to leave it. He needs to have it all the time with him. Um, and I started crying because I held a gun. I, I, I just couldn't do it. I, I'm so against it that I just, it was hard for me even to be with it. He told me, why are you crying? I'm like, I can't, I can't hold it. I, I just take it from me. Yeah. So with you and the IDF, um, you were able to choose a route as a teacher is, or um, are people able to opt out of combat? How, forgive me for asking ignorant questions, but how does that work? Well, it depends on what you did in the army um, and what situation you have at home. And people can refuse if they really have a problem, um, but most don't want to like fighting for our country. I specifically volunteered to the army when I was 18. Wait, no, when I was 19 because I did school before. Um, but I was in a more of an education and film unit. So when I left the army, also because I volunteered, I didn't call back right now. I will never be called back. Oh, okay. Okay. But your boyfriend, uh, your partner is, he was called up to reserves. Uh, first of all, is, is he okay or how, how, how is he doing? Yes, he's okay. He's, uh, I actually saw him um, t uh, the past two days he was at home. Um, he's okay. He's uh, actually in first line near Lebanon. So it's kind of scary when he tells you uh, something like, yes, I'm in the second most dangerous place of the north and like hey i'm a partner here <laughs> are you just getting me nervous right so yeah wow um what is uh what does he do he's a foot soldier he's uh in the i don't know how to say it in english it's a hundasa unit where they also uh deal with uh like special uh equipment and not okay. only okay. foot soldier Okay. I just don't know how to say it in English. Yeah, no, uh, like special forces, special operations. Well, no, not exactly. They just they just soldiers with extra skills. Mm. They're, they're not okay. in the special forces. It's different. Okay. And um, so just to back up a little bit, uh, can you give us a little bit of background on your family, on you and your family? Um, how, how many how many siblings do you have? Uh, Dina's your mom. That's my first, uh, my cousin. Um, and uh, how many siblings do you have? T two? No, I have two brothers and one sister. Okay, so there's four of you all together. And what age ranges are you? Um, between 22 to 30. Okay. And are you all, um, all four of you are active right now? So you're teaching. Um, and then your brothers, were, were they both called up? Well, my my younger brother is now called, was called to the army and also my older sister, but my brother didn't serve in the army. 
he did something else that they asked him to do. Um, so he didn't call back also like me. Oh, okay. All right. And you also have uh, first cousins, your aunt Laura, may she rest in peace. Um, she has two, two children, your first cousins and your uncle Jonathan. He also has two kids or three kids. I forget. Three kids. Okay. So five first cousins on your mom's side. Um, what are they all doing? Are you in, uh, are you, your, your grandma, Sheila, she, she sends us updates, but there's so, there's a big family there. So big mishpacha, as we say. Um, so what, what is everyone doing to give me an update on, um, your first cousins on your mom's side? Well, Liron is, um, in a rescue unit, uh, and, uh, I don't actually know what she does in the army, okay. but everyone else uh, is not fighting at that moment. So I don't know if to say it's good or not because a lot of people wants to fi- want to fight. Um, but I'm glad that I have some family that is not in the fighting area because, like, in yeah. my other side, um, like my father's side, I have a cousin that fights in Gaza. Uh, in the so in the Givati unit, so uh, thinking about it, I don't think it does me very well, good. Um, but I also have more cousins than me uh, from my, my father's side. Yeah, and Laura's husband uh, Dovey, uh, he has a nephew, I think that was that's actually hostage right now. Is is there any update on him? Uh, not that I know of. All we know that he's in in Gaza somewhere, and that's it. Yeah. At least that's what I know. Right, right. So, what what part of the country did you did you grow up in the Tel Aviv era area? Well, where I live is in between Tel Aviv and, and Jerusalem. I live. I used to grow up in uh, Modi'in, and after that, I moved to Rishon uh, Etzion. Um, which I'm saying this because when I lived there, there was another um, uh, another season season I will call it of uh, rocket firing, and I was like trapped in in uh, on the staircase for forty minutes, waiting for the rockets to stop uh, because it's, oh, wow. it's one of the area they shoot a lot. You can also see it now, so. So where where is that in relation to either the West Bank or into to Gaza? Like where in the country is that? It's uh, south of Tel Aviv, near the sea, but it's oh. not that close to Gaza. Now this might sound like an ignorant question, but did you grow up with Palestinian neighbors, Palestinian friends? Well, you call them Palestinians, but for me they're like Israeli Arabs. So. There are Israeli Arabs living peacefully in in Israel. We I, I worked with them like in the supermarket when I was a teenager. Um, they're citizens. I don't know. Like I have nothing, no beef with them. I have the part of Israel. We have Arabs here. It's right. like we have Christians and Muslims and Jewish. So it's, it's a it's a pluralistic society. I think that's part of the uh, some of the ignorance, frankly, is that um, I'll just tell you that that some of what's been uh, discussed here uh, in very heated ways uh, in person, these protests that are happening, 
is that uh, Israel uh, is is the population is made up of one kind of people, uh, and they're they're referring to these people as as um, colonialist, you know, dominating uh, and oppressed people. Um, and there's no acknowledgement that it seems like that it's a pluralist society that you you live with and and work with and go to you know grocery store with and live among uh, Bedouin people, Muslim people, Arabs, uh, Christians, uh, Jewish people. It's a it's a it's a pluralist, um, diverse uh, culture. So that 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 yeah. So that's um. And more than that, when. We think, like, if we speak about the Palestinians in Gaza, for one sec, they have license to go and work in Israel. Like, right now, in the war, they don't. Yes, if they if we fight with them, they don't get allowed to go in because we don't know who will come and ha do a terror attack. But in, like, between fighting, like, in a ceasefire... Uh, I know that we didn't have a fight in the last year, obviously. They worked in Israel, like they, like regular, I don't know, like they moved from the, the checkpoint. They saw, saw like the soldiers saw who they are and they came to work and then the night they went back. Right, right. That's another um, interesting, uh, important point to uh, to make is that not every Palestinian who lives in Gaza is a terrorist. They're just people who are working, you know, and, and um, not in wartime, uh, but they're, they're going back and forth um, to, to work uh, and, in, you know, they're integrating uh, with the rest of Israel. But the fact is that there are terrorists, you know, whether it's Hamas or Hezbollah or these other um, groups, uh, Iraqi forces, uh, or even Yemen forces, terrorist groups that um, are, are, their goal is to do away with Israel, to do away with Jews, to kill Jews. So I, that's what's confusing to me. That's what's confounding to me. That's what's so upsetting is I don't know, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how to keep your grandmother and grandfather safe. They live in uh, further south in um, Beersheba, right? Yeah, they have like a, uh, they have a bedroom where they st like usually sleep, but they also have a room downstairs near the shelter that they can open the sofa and make it a room with bathroom and everything. So in wartime, uh, when they have a lot of rockets like now, they can sleep downstairs. So every time there's a rocket, they won't have to run down the stairs. They're, they're not that young anymore. Like even I, if I had to run every few minutes to the shelter downstairs uh running with, with it you can fall you can get injured if there are a lot of people so it's like i don't know it's just crazy situation and by the way what you said about the palestinians the innocent ones like i do believe there's some innocent ones innocent ones but even the innocent ones are not innocent in my opinion because they may not be part of uh, Hamas. They may not be terrorists. They may be victims to Hamas government. But they stayed quiet for a very long time. They could have done something. Like they're, how much, they were 
they have in Gaza two and 2.3 million Palestinians. They're not all terrorists. So technically, they could have done like a, a, a right to overcome their government, the Hamas terrorists, but they didn't. They didn't raise up their voice and ask Israel, hey, do something. They said bye. And because of that, I think they're partly involved with it. And not only that, uh, after um, going over what happened in October 7th, they saw that some of the people were not the, the terrorists from Hamas. They were weren't part of Hamas. There are people from Gaza. So you do not know who will come in and do a terrorist attack. Because I, I think that all the people are not part of it, but for the past 16 years, uh, every child went to school where they taught to hate Jews, where they taught the only thing they need to do is kill us. So the young people now believe they only need to kill us. That's their goal. So what do you do with that? Like the older people did not have that like education, so they less likely go with everything Hamas says. But the younger ones, what what do you do with them? How how do you teach them to live in peace with us? Right. That's a big question. Right. And I this is an area of study for you uh, because you're communication and film teacher, so you're studying the media. Uh, whether it's, um, you know, widely distributed media uh, or even just the, the thing, the short films that people are taking on their own phones um, and that sort of um, socially distributed media. Uh, so this is a, an area of study for you. Um, so let, let me uh, let me ask you about that. So to t tell us what kind what kind of teacher are you? How old are your students? What are you teaching? Well, I teach communication and media. Uh, I teach 16 and 17 years old the children. And yeah, I actually, from the minute that the war started, only taught about that. Like everything I teach, I give examples from the media, from the news network, from what happened in social media. What do you mean by that? Like the concept of what I teach. Well, the I planned to teach a class like the week of the October 7th before it happened that is called um, Terror as Theater. Okay? And that was absurd to me because I the, the original um stuff that I wanted to put was about 9-11 and ISIS, like as examples. I will I will say in a minute what it is terror as theater. But then the October 7th happened and I changed all the examples for what happening in Israel. It was crazy for me because I actually could have done the example from Israel. It speaks about it speaks about that how Terrorists, terrorists are ma 
mastered the art of theater, making one thing happen that will impact the entire world. Like, do something that is relatively small to the world, like killing uh, 11,092, I said, I said it right, 11,092 people? When it's 1,192 people. Okay. Um, right. Killing this amount of people is a lot. It's, it's, I can't even put it in words. But relatively right. to the world, it's small. But that act made their propaganda. They spread the word as why is Hamas, what they want, and to impact the world. And now everyone knows Hamas. A lot of people pull Hamas now. They mm -hmm. succeeded. This is what is called terror as theater. They make something so big, so horrific, that it gets to the entire world, and then the entire world know them. And I actually could have put in the class example from Israel, because it happened in Israel. It shouldn't have, shouldn't have happened anywhere, but it was like out of the blue. How does something like that happen? And right. it's not the fact that the, the amount of people they murdered and kidnapped, what they did to murder the people is horrific. Like, I don't think most of the story didn't go out. I don't even know most of, a lot of the stories. Because they don't want to, the Israelis don't want to, to put that, like, they want to give something to the dead. No one should see them in that state. No one should know the horrific last moment. But now, because of what happened in the world, we have to. We have to tell them. We didn't even get to grieve for them. And that we're not okay because the propaganda is very bad for us because... We don't show the horrific stuff. The only thing people know that, like, from video that happened are from what the Palestinians, the Hamas, that went into Israel, filmed. And now they say nothing happened. They filmed it. They spread that. And then now they say nothing happened. Just like the Holocaust. There are people that doesn't believe in the Holocaust. But it happened. And they're like... There, there's evidence, but it didn't happen because they said so. And now people say, no, it didn't happen. They didn't beheaded 40 babies. They didn't murder and raped people. They didn't put a baby in the oven. They didn't, you, you know, they actually took a, a mother, a pregnant mother, opened their, her belly, took the baby out, killed it, killed it and then killed the mother. How does someone do it? Something on like that. That's the part that I don't understand. I I don't understand the the humanity. You know, like an individual who is caught up in a group of other people who want to do harm and murder, um, but don't. Isn't there a soul? Isn't there something that resonates in one of those? 
terrorists who get to that music festival and they see the horror of what's happening, isn't there a soul in that person that's saying, this is wrong? Or are they so caught up in it that they participate? Yeah, I, that's, I can't, my, my heart and my head, I can't get there to put myself in the shoes of the people who committed these atrocities. Isn't there someone among them that's saying this is wrong? These are human beings. I, that, I can't, that's what I'm having such a hard time getting my head around, you know? So there's interviews with them. Like the one, we didn't murder everyone that we saw. When even we met with a terrorist, we didn't automatically only killing them. We took them to interviews like, what the hell happened? Like this. And from what they saying, they were all heavily drugged. Everyone who went into Israel was heavily drugged. So they were kind of delusional as well. So okay. they know, they knew they're going to do it. So they took the drug to help them. If you knew you're going to do it, and if you knew you had a tr- problem to do it, don't do it. Like, yeah. how the hell, even there's, there was one terrorist who said, uh, when they asked him, what will his father say if he knew he was part of it? And he said, he will disown me. They know it's wrong to do it. And they do it anyway. Did you know that for, from 2004, they, we had with Gaza, with a terrorist organization in Gaza, 13 operations. 13. Like, if, in, in the 2014 operation to Keitan, there were over 14. 4,000 rockets shot to Israel. And now, in 2023, do you know how many rockets were shot from the minute the war started? No. Almost 10,000 rockets. 10,000. Over, like, over 200,000 people who live in Israel were displaced from their home. Over 240 kidnapped. How does this doesn't shock the world? How is it that people, thousands of people, are protesting against us? They actually calling like Hamas uh, chant from the river to the sea. Right. Which calls all to murder all of Israel. Yeah, that's being that's being chanted even here in Southern California, right near my home. Uh, there was uh, the Wednesday after October 7th. Uh, there was a gathering of Jewish people here in my community and our neighbors and friends. And there were several trucks uh, filled with people that were shouting from the river to the sea, waving Palestinian flags. We, you know, our our. our the, the gathering was specifically there to mourn the losses. Uh, many of us, you know, like me, I have family there. Many of us here have family in Israel. We were simply there to hold each other and to mourn with each other. Um, you know, and they're, they're chanting the river to the sea. You know, do they know what they're saying? I think they do. Basically, they're, they're giving themselves license to say, away, do, do away, completely wipe off the face of the earth, Israel. Wipe off the face of the earth, Jews. 
So somehow this is okay, and I don't understand it. I do want to ask you a tough question, though. Prior to October 7th, I would imagine with a family as big as yours, that not everybody feels the same way about someone like Netanyahu, the leader of, uh, you know, prime minister of Israel. Um, did you have conversations among your family or friends? Did different people feel different ways about him? Or is everyone in your family pretty much uh, feel the same, lean the same way? Or is there, is there, are there differences of opinion about how you feel about what uh, Netanyahu and what he's, what he's done? Well, there are a lot of differences. Like, I'm left wing. Some of my family is in the middle. My father is left wing. If we're talking about my cousins, uh, some of them are like that. Some of them are like that. But we're not the same. Even if we grow up in the same area, each of us believe in different things. Um, so we're not in the same voting for tonight. Some went to protest against everything that happened. Some are pro what he did, but I specifically think he was the cause for everything. Like he did, he wasn't all bad when he was you know, in, in the politics, he actually helped with the economic. At the same time, he made uh, a diversity among the people. And that is really bad. Right now, you don't feel it at all. Everyone is helping. It's like the war just wiped out everything Netanyahu did, but at the same time, he didn't. But the diversity that was in the country... We even started speaking, we think it's going to be a civil war. We actually thought the right will fight against the left because it was just crazy. No one listened to anyone. But right now it's not true. Right now there is not a single person who doesn't help anyone who needs help. If it's with money, if it's from stuff with the army, if it's uh, food, if it's place to live, Everything, even like even I, we're placing another teacher so he can do what in the army what he needs to do. Everyone is helping everyone. We all together. We have a flag as outside. We sing the the anthem together. We're helping each other. But Netanyahu didn't do that. Netanyahu didn't help us to be together. He did the exactly opposite. So do you think there's better leadership? Uh, is it possible to change leadership in the midst of this war? Or is it simply about surviving to the next day um, and figuring out how to get to, I, I don't know, just I, I, it's hard for me to fathom what you're going through on a day-to-day -day basis. But you say that even for as, uh, as, as divided as, as um, folks were uh, prior to October 7th, there's a lot of unity, and it sounds like the unity is, hey, we have to help each other just to survive. Is that a fair way to put it? Well, yes, kind of. Because every you can see it in every time we had a fight with Gaza. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what happened in the country. Every time something happened, we helped each other. Because we all are in the same boat. 
We all love our country. We all live here. We're all human beings who believe in our culture, in our food, and that's what we need to do in time of war. We help each other because we are all together as one people. When we go abroad and we see an Israeli, we're like best friends in one second because he's from the same place, no matter what. Right. And that's that's whether, you know, whether you like uh, BBE, whether you don't like VBE, uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, you're you're from the same place. You're from the same home. You're you're from the same country. You're, you know. And even if yeah. you have like if you know you're extremists in the left or if you extremists to the right, like I don't call myself extremist to the left. But I know my father loves Bibi Netanyahu. So I don't speak with him politics. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. In time that we don't speak politics, we're like amazing. We just don't speak about it. But and if we start to it's you know what happened before the war. Yeah, it's so hard to figure out how to get to the other side of this to where the threat, the very real threat to your lives, um, to, you know, your grandmother or grandfather having to, you know, shelter, uh, being a shelter from, from bombs. Um, how do you get to the other side of that? So people can live in safety, uh, but without, I don't know, a lot of people around the world are seeing, uh, the the death uh, of of ten thousand Palestinians, you know, and whether that was due to uh, Net- the way that Netanyahu is waging this war, or whether that's due to um, militant uh, terrorists who are using human shields of of their own people, uh, we don't know. But at the end of the day, so many of us just want peace and and for death to stop. But what I don't, what, what I'm having a hard time uh, coming to a conclusion about and having a position about is how do you, how as Israel, do you get to a place, do, do you get to a time where you can live in peace and security without being in fear of terrorists coming and, and murdering and raping and, and, and torturing, um, uh, but, but without having to eradicate an entire people without having to, uh, you know, as, as Netanyahu has said recently, flatten all of Gaza. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Um, but I, I, I do hope for peace. I, I just don't know how to, um, I don't know how to do that. I, so I don't know if you have thoughts on that about, you know, how to wage this um, battle so that you know, people who live there, Jews and Arabs and everyone can live in peace. Um, but to, uh, um, you know, because there's a, I, I don't know. I don't know if you have thoughts on that. So I'm gonna break down what you just said um, and I'm gonna start with the numbers. Okay. The numbers of Gazans are, who are dead. I don't know how many, they lie. And that's like a big, things that 
the world, I don't think, understands. They lie. And we can prove it. Like, go to the history of an AI, and you will see Gazans dead on the floor. And we are killing them. For the last few days, you can see it all over. And you can not only go for the history, you will see it on their hands when they have five fingers and they have an extra leg on, uh, somehow over there in the photo. You can see the lies. There few, a few days ago, there was a time they said they had X number of, uh, of injured and next day it was 10,000 people extra and the next day it was 7,000 less. They lie all the time. So you don't know how many are there injured and dead. I don't know. We see actors. Like there was a photo going around about someone holding a baby crying like they had the baby was all blood. But they posted it by accident because they you can see it's a doll. Uh, you literally can see it's a doll and they took it off really quick. And they did they have like one actor that goes and Sometimes he's like this, sometimes he's amazing, fighting, sometimes he's in, in the hospital, injured, almost dead. Some, and the next day he's walking around like a regular Gazan that behind you can see stuff that are broken down. So how do you know how many people are actually dead and injured? That's like, just speak about the, the hospital thing that happened, that they say it's, we did it and then they, you found out it's actually Hamas. So originally it was 500 dead, and then it tended to be about 40-something, 50-something. I don't remember, but this area. You don't know what is actually there, what is actually happening. So how do you know to what believe when you see a photo of the destruction? Like, I know there is destruction. I'm not saying there isn't, mm. but you cannot believe the numbers they go, they're saying. Like, I'm going to tell you the cousin that we were really angry with, that I told you in the beginning, for uh, the fourth or second day, I don't know remember when he posted it, when we first saw that he's posting stuff to uh, the Palestinians. It said that we murdered 30 ba 400 babies. Right. And the first day of the war, when we still fought in Israel, uh, also the second day, we also only fought in Israel because we had uh, villages conquered by people from Gaza. How was it that we killed 400 babies? We didn't even go into Gaza. We did put... Uh, we did... Uh, had airplanes uh, bombing Gaza, right. but still not 400 babies. It, it just can't right. be possible. And also, everyone talking about how much um, we're not moral and stuff, but we're the most moral army in the world. And I'm not because I'm gonna just do like tell you some facts because yeah, so please. you understand it. In the month since the beginning of the war. The army uh, did 20,000 calls to people in Gaza to warn them we're going to bomb in a few hours. 
5,000 flyers were around Gaza. 4 million and 4,000 SMS texts to warn them. And another 6 million voice recording that was sent to people in Gaza. We warning them from a lot of, with a lot of stuff. Right. Flyers from the air, text message, phone. Um, yeah. We're doing yeah. everything we can to, for them to move, so for them to be safe. But Hamas shoot their own people. If we don't shoot them, they shoot them. Because if they want to leave, they shoot them. There was just a, a, a video uh, yesterday, I think, that you see uh, a lot of uh, Palestinians move from north to south with the white flag. And what you also see is our soldiers protecting them, like stationed to protect them from Hamas. Because they're shooting them if they try to move. We did it again today. So, like, telling us that we're doing genocide, we're not. We're warning them so they won't die. Hamas is killing them. So ultimately, the uh, Israel uh, Defense Forces know, have, a, have a good idea of who is uh, the enemy, who is committing uh, this, um, this violence, and who is going to be targeting um, uh, Israelis and Jews, uh, terrorists, right, Hamas. So Israel has a good idea of who that is. They're doing their best to identify who and where they are, while at the same time uh, doing everything they can to um, warn civilians uh, when uh, an, a counterattack is is going to happen so that uh, civilians can get out of harm's way. But at the end of the day, uh, they still need to battle against uh, terrorist organizations, including Hamas, in this case. It's not only Hamas, it's also the, the jihad, the uh, Islamic jihad. It's also a yeah. terror. They have... A- 30 kidnapped people with them. The Hamas had done the same thing with them. They did it together. Right, yeah, it's a coordinated effort. That's what I'm... So we know who we target. And and we target them. So everyone in the area where they are is warned. If we're going to attack the uh, tunnels underneath, they are warned. We don't just go in and kill everyone. We can, but we don't do it because we don't want to just kill people. Because we know some civil- civilians are semi-innocent. Innocent. Like I told you before, I don't believe they're 100% innocent in this. That's what made me think of... Uh, that, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I hear your point. Um, a, lot of, a lot of folks are growing increasingly... Uh, concerned. That, that's why I asked about uh, Netanyahu is a lot of people are growing increasingly concerned about his leadership. Um, so, you know, um, it, I, I hesitate to bring it up because this, I, I happen to not be uh, both sides. You know, there's a both sides to this, um, except in, the, in, in that, that I, 
I cheer for and hope for the peace and, you know, well-being of human beings, <laughs> you know, um, you know, once once terrorists engage in murder and torture, you know, uh, then it's a war and we have to do what we can, especially when um, our people, our, our family continues to be in harm's way. Listen, I told you, as I told you before, I don't believe in violence. Yeah. And when I heard what they did, I, I knew that it was going to be a fight, but right. I believed in the fight because right. what they did was so wrong. It's not human. What they did was to murder innocent in horrific ways, and that should not be tolerated. And if we were just like everyone telling us, do a ceasefire. But if you listen to what Hamas leader is saying, they only want to kill us again and again and again. And if they don't succeed now, they will succeed later. And that's why we always try to now eliminate all Hamas. Because if they're just going to say that this will not be the last time, and we're just going to go out and live our lives, it will happen again and again. And how he said third time and fourth time and fifth time. And then what? Yo, what, what do you want us to do? We cannot live where they want to murder us in violence and in monstrous ways. It's just not something we can do. We can live a, around humans who speak with us, who want to work with us, who want to live peacefully. But we cannot live around people who want to do those things because right. that's not human it's not even animal because animal don't do it to another animal it's monstrous yeah monstrous that's a good way to put it yeah i'm reminded of what gold of my ear said if our enemies put down their weapons we'll have no war but if we put down our weapons we'll have no israel <laughs> right and listen what we asked is to bring our kidnappers. They yeah. don't even, like, everyone's talking about a ceasefire, but Hamas didn't ask for a ceasefire yet for kidnapped people. And that's what we want. So it's like when we say no, we're the bad people, but they, they didn't even ask. So what? We're still the bad people. When, when we say the truth, we're the bad people. When we want to protect yeah. ourselves, we're the bad people. We're Jews. Listen, everyone tell us from the river to the sea, do you want us not to be here? Okay, so you want us to be here, but around the world, you're trying to attack Jews now. So where do you want us to be? Like, sorry, but this is my country. That if we won't be here, the Jews around the world won't have anywhere to go if they ever want it. Like, hopefully they won't. But they won't even have that. So what? It's our country. It, uh, we hear a lot of, uh, you know, talk in Israel about uh, the fact that the history, because everyone is posting about the history, that Palestinians, it's not their land, Israel, it's not their land, you know, stuff like that. But to tell us, it doesn't matter. They're here. We're here. We live here. It's at home. Okay? That's it. We're here. 
we, we're not going to go anywhere. It's our country. We're not colonizing it if you look at the history, but it's where we live. That's it. We have the right to be safe as human beings. We were born on this earth. We're like you. So we'll be living something else. So what? So I'm a Jew and you're a Christian and you're a Muslim. So what? We're all human. That should not happen to anyone. Right. And the, the fact is that um, that is the only place in the entire region, the entire Middle Eastern region where Jews have been able to live. There's not a Jewish population in Egypt. There's not a Jewish population in Lebanon. There's not a Jewish population in Syria. I mean, even you have to go several countries away to Iran, Iran of all places, to find an Israel, a Jewish population over 100. <laughs> over, you know, so it's that entire region, it, that little tiny piece of land is the only place where Israel, where Jews have been able to live. Uh, and, and it's to your point from before, it's a pluralist society. Other, other religions, other people from other backgrounds are able to live there as well and integrate among each other. Uh, but we can't live. It's not only the Jewish that can't right. live in the, in the Middle East. Because if you look at the numbers, like there's, there are still, I think, Palestinians uh, around the Middle East. They're in the, somewhere, but not a lot. Because like if you look at the numbers, uh, because it's a lot posted a lot right now. Uh, yeah. 4,000 Palestinians were murdered and 850 Palestinians lost their home in Syria in the, when they had the war. In, the, in Syria, you said? Yeah. 2,500 Palestinians were murdered and 30,000 lost their homes in Lebanon. Egypt doesn't allow Palestinians to go in. But we are the bad people because no one knows this. They don't look. Right. Right. But when we, the Jewish people, do it, that's, that's wrong. Because we protect ourselves, but they just got murdered. So why? And it's like, no matter what we'll do, we will be wrong. Forever. So how, how are your students processing this? How, how are, um, by the way, do you have, are, are they, uh, are all of you students Jewish or do you have Arab students as well? Um, and, and how are they all dealing with what's happening right now? I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know if some of my students are um, like Christian or, or Muslim. I presume some are Jews. I actually don't know that answer. In a way, that's good, though, because it, it shouldn't matter, right? It shouldn't matter, but you can see a lot of, like, Jew, yeah, Jewish schools or, like, Muslim schools. Um, it depends where you live and yeah. what you want, because some actually want only to study with our people and some only want to study with Jewish. It depends on the family, it depends on the area. You know, it's not all the same. It's like we have... Jew, like, we don't call it Jewish school, you know, we just call it school, but there are several kind of schools, like, you have the, like, school that I went to that i not very religion, and I just, you know, go to school, 
there are more schools that are more religion in the Jewish community, and even the ultra orthodox somewhere have their own school. Uh-huh. But it's the same, like you know, in Muslim and you know, Christian. It's it's not that it's like something specific that you can choose where to go to to school. But there's like a lot of well kinds of schools. Yeah, but it sounds like you you like to be among people from different religions and different backgrounds. That that's what you prefer. Well, yeah, I I believe that everyone is human, no matter yeah. what they believe. If they act like, um, I, I'm gonna call it normal people, like people who don't believe in violence, people who you know, live and yeah. want to live among people, then they're they, I find with a lingua live around them. Have you been able to have conversations with your students about what's happening and how how are they processing it? Israel is right uh, now. Um, it's kind of weird to teach and learn in Israel right now um, because it's kind of like we went four years back to Corona time, COVID-19, because some days we uh, teach at schools, some days we via Zoom, like more like Google Meet, but um, so we kind of went back in time. It's kind of like COVID-19 was meant to teach us how to deal in time of war. So it's kind of funny. Because now the student didn't just stop for a month to to learn. They continue to have activities because of that, just, you know, via a computer. So that kind of went to be our kind of normal. Looking at the time every hour and then, and just looking to see if they rockets. If they rockets, you go down to the shelter, then go back 10 minutes Later, we know to wait. Uh, the, the schedule are a bit different. It's just our normal day became like war normal, kind of like COVID-19 plus danger. So I, I ask, I often ask a question. Um, it's I call it the TPNR question. How do you talk politics and religion without it's quick. That's the name of this program. How do you talking about politics and religion without killing each other? But like right now, it's very real. Um, so uh, I do. I, I am. I, I would like you to share your thoughts on um, what you think each of us can do to be able to share space to do this better, because I have friends that I've worked with that are saying the kinds of things that you're talking about, that are buying into the propaganda um, and, and buying into even saying these terrible things from the river to the sea. These are people that I know, people that, and, and it's crazy to me, some of the people that that are fighting for LGBTQ rights, you know, but are also saying from the river to the sea. So how do I engage with people that that I work with or, even people in our family, like you said, you had someone, a cousin here in the States to have better conversations or, or nurture relationships with people across these vast differences. Uh, people who think differently than we do, have different beliefs than we do, get their news from different sources than we do. How can we do this better? Talk about political uh, things, uh, about this war, about religion, without killing each other? How do we do this better? Or is it even possible? 
Well, first of all, um, I'm, I want to say two things. One, it's not just the river to the sea. People just don't understand it right now. From the river to the sea is to kill all the Jews. But the Hamas also says they want to kill all the Christians or, or that they will be Christian, Muslim. So when they will finish with us, they will continue to the Christians. So they don't understand that. That's a big problem, that they don't only hunt us, they will hunt the whole world. To answer your question, um, I actually had a conversation about that with my partner uh, yesterday. Some people cannot be taught, cannot be changed their mind. They're so um, focused on their own and they won't change like ever. Um, like they believe in something and they just won't move and they also will see their way, always. Like it's called, uh, I actually teach that, it's called a uh, symbolic uh, reality. When with your belief, you will just see the world your way. So you, you will always believe that what you believe in is the fact, the truth. That's it. You cannot change their mind. Most people are not like that. Most people... Uh, I believe can change the mind with uh, conversations. If you will have a lot of conversation with facts and give them the right, the right information and let them check, well, just go and check for yourself. You can watch, uh, you can just go into the internet and go to A, B, C, D, E and ch check the facts. You will see what I'm saying is right. You can change this mind with facts and conversation, in my opinion. Um, but the, the other people, you can't. They yeah. are a minority, but... No, to your point, I had a conversation um, the week after October 7th with my, one of my own family members. I saw that they were posting something that I was concerned that they were leaning in the direction uh, that maybe they didn't understand. So I had a very lengthy conversation with this person that I love very much. And a lot of what I committed to doing was listening, uh, listening to their thoughts, uh, what questions they were working through, uh, what beliefs they had. And with this particular person, I knew that I couldn't come in very strong because if I came in, uh, you know, trying to dominate the conversation and say, no, you must think this and you must feel that, um, then I, I wouldn't be able to continue in the conversation. And I would risk the possibility of fracturing our relationship, not having a relationship with this person. So I did a lot of listening. Um, but there was one or two points um, that I thought, well, consider this. And in this, in this instance, in this conversation, it had to do with our own family, our own families history. You know, for example, the idea that the Jews and Israel are this colonialist power. I, I said, this is, this is our family story. <laughs> you know, the people who got there, um, not even with your family, not even when your grandparents got there in the late seventies, but even before that in the early 1900s, 
Our family was fleeing Ukraine, or it was uh, you know part of Russia at the time. Uh, in the late in the early 1900s, they were fleeing pogroms. This is not a colonialist people, people that are fleeing pogroms, people that are fleeing an area where our family lived for 800 to 1000 years and, and got, you know, so, some of our family members got to New York and Newark um, here in the United States. Some of our family members started uh, became activists that led to what became the state of Israel so that we had a safe place to live in that part of the world. But when we were traveling and when we were fleeing from Ukraine, where people were burning down our houses and and killing our neighbors uh, from the Cossacks to the Tsar's army to the Bolsheviks, um, we were fleeing and we could we couldn't carry all of our we couldn't carry our house with us or, all, you know, all of our, our possessions. We could carry what we could carry on our back. So that that was the one that's our family story. That's our family story. So that was the one thing I was able to share with my my loved one in this conversation to correct a hopefully to give a different perspective about the this perspective the perception that the Jews in Israel are this colonialist power that's a, oppressing this historically marginalized people um, and then the idea of race came into it the people of color I'm thinking oh man we we really have to um, we really have to understand better understand the reality of the history there. The reality of the people there, the reality of of what's actually happened, as opposed to falling into, as you say, these these narratives, these you know people make have have a thing in their head that they believe is real, and they you know they they don't want to allow for actual the actual history, um, you know, or the actual information. So, it, so all that to say, in this one conversation, I felt that I had one or two things that I could assert and gently um, uh, posit. <laughs> um, but I, 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 my, my loved one gave me that right, um, gave, gave me that opportunity because I, I also did a lot of listening, uh, with, with this person as well. So I don't know if that helps, but that's, um, I figured I usually don't answer my own question, but I figured that it's worth sharing how that particular conversation went. It's, uh, in my opinion, most of the West could change their mind if they will actually understand what Hamas is and what actually is happening in Israel. But right now, there's so many news networks that still doesn't call Hamas terror organization. And they share a lot of fake news. So until they share the truth, you cannot change their mind. Let's put it this way. There are a lot of videos going around in social network that you can see someone asking quotes or from... Uh, what Hamas believes in, in or said in the news or believes and they ask him is it Hamas or ISIS Hamas or like I don't know I don't remember or like is it uh, somewhere like Iran or somewhere like uh, shares like comparisons okay and everyone answers the other one, not Hamas. And then they understand that everything he said is Hamas. And then like, no, I, I don't believe in Hamas. I, I don't want to... They change their mind. You so, Because they don't understand the fact that it's against what they believe. Like all the uh, LGBT, LGBTQ. Yeah, LGBTQ. <laughs> that, what you said. Uh, what they say to support Hamas is like crazy. 
Really? Because if they step in Gaza, they will be beheaded. What do you think would be a good news source or a good source of information on how to stay up to date on what's actually happening there? Well, when I look at the news, I don't only look at like uh, the news on TV or in the paper. I'm also on Telegram, and there's a lot of group there that shares not only what Israel and the army says, also what Palestinian sources say, like in the same uh, chat. And then you can really compare what they say, what we say, and what the news say. So when you compare those outlets, you can understand the situation much better. But right, I don't right. think there there is in English, I think. Like, all my groups are in Hebrew. Okay. Um, so, to insert in English, maybe the Israeli Post or... You can, al- you can always compare, yes? You should always compare, actually, the newspapers. Yes. But if you truly want to know what Israeli is saying, go to, like, Israeli newspapers but no one does that or hear what oh oh yosef haddad is an our israeli arab who posts a lot and instagram the truth yosef haddad yeah okay i'll look that up uh i might have to double check with you because i'll probably put a link uh in our show notes so people can yosef haddad is there anything important that I forgot to ask you or anything important that you want to add? I'm just going to, I want to say, like, what, why is the situation in Israel so bad? Because I'm going to say quotes of things that Israeli can say and you can't. Yes, my son has a shelter in his kindergarten. I'm happy that he was kidnapped and not murdered. At least he, she was murdered and not kidnapped because you saw what they did to the Israeli girls when they were kidnapped. I'm so glad I'm small enough that I can fit in a, a closet. They took down the posters of my mother's my mother who is missing. Um, I'm so glad I got to take the shower before it was the rockets came. Because you can actually know some somewhat when they're going to come. Um, we have a, a, a wooden board in case someone want to come into the shelter. Also, like I saw a post of a, a mother asking her son, Oh, what did you build? A building? And he looks at her and says, What are you talking about, mother? It's a shelter. That's the reality here. People can say stuff like that. So that that's just to understand the reality. Those are things, the kinds of things that we could never imagine that we would utter, that we would say. Uh, but this is what people are having to say in a time of war, uh, in particular a war like this. So we'll listen. Um, Michal, I, I'm so grateful uh, for you to give us your time. Uh, it's going to be very valuable for people here. 
uh, and actually people listen to this around the world. Um, so it's valuable to hear from you that you're there and your family's there and your partner is fighting. And so I really appreciate that. Um, please know that we think of you every day. Uh, I think of, I, I love, I, I treasure getting notes from your grandmother, Sheila. Um, and I've been in touch with your mom, Dina. Uh, so we think about you constantly, nonstop. Um, and so when you talk to, you know, family there, uh, please send our love, uh, communicate how much we uh, are um, thinking about them and worry about them. Um, and I just, this is very um, courageous of you, bold of you, uh, brave of you to do um, and generous of you to do to share your time. So I, I really appreciate that. Thanks. I also want to say something more about the education, if I can. Yeah. Right Please. now, when I, I, I told you that everyone is contributing in the country to help one another. And the education, now they do also like volunteering time that a teacher will go with the students to uh, pick up apples because no one is working around the Gaza area. So they're all contributing, they're all volunteering. Go into, uh, instead of the school, go volunteer. Um, they do like uh, uh, like movie that will help others. They they do a lot of stuff in the education now, alongside like learning. So yeah. it's it's how we act in Israel in time of war. We volunteer and we help. So it's also go down to the students like like classmates in school. The, the, students when yeah. in time of war we not only study we volunteer whoever wants to volunteer can do that so everybody does what they have to do they don't have to they want to they want to yeah that's a good uh, yeah that's a good that's a great way to put it so thank you thank you again for doing this as always it would be great obviously if you could follow us and all, all, all that stuff but i'm not going to go into my typical rate and review um i'd really love to know if you're listening i'd really love to know what you think and you can find me online i'm very easy to follow on any number of platforms facebook and instagram and threads and various platforms i on all of those platforms i'm at corey s nathan at c-o-r-e-y s as in sam n-a-t-h-a-n at Corey with an E, S as a Sam, at Corey S. Nathan. So now go do this. Go have conversations about politics and religion, but with gentleness and respect and my best wishes for peace among all of us. Shalom, Yah, Shalom, Shalom.